everybody, and welcome to another edition of the official Chella Toys podcast on Grapple Arcade. I am Pablo, and I am with the person who is not related to Ronda Shear. He is up all nighter, though. It's, it's Joe. <laughs> that, that was terrible. That was bad. I, 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 I would love to meet Ronda Shear. Like, she's on a list of people I would love to meet. Oh yeah, yeah, she's she's up there with the Todd Pettengills and Charlie Mins, the uh, <laughs> Stephanie Wyans, the, <laughs> the legends in my mind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Todd Pettengill replied to one of my, I commented on something on his Instagram, and he replied as like, "Oh my god, Todd Pettengill, <laughs> he knows I exist." Yeah, but anyways, I'm Joey Knight, the man with the. I think I'm up to 872 variants of a cello action figure. <laughs> And I am here to talk all things cella, my favorite thing to do. You're the man with the power, too sweet to be sour, funky like a monkey. Uh, the funky <laughs> like a monkey variant will be coming out next week. Um, so, yeah, d- did you know Ronda Shear currently uh, sells larger ladies' female underwear? No. Oh, no. Mm-hmm. Has she become a larger lady herself? No, that's the thing. She still oh. looks exactly the same. <laughs> she understands the plight of the larger lady. <laughs> I've got to see this. Maybe I could buy some. <laughs> Hold in my girth underneath my spandex. There's the very old <laughs> Charles makes some uh, mold some female underwear. Put Joey Knight's head on it. Anyway, anyway, we've lowered the bar so quickly. Um, <laughs> so we are back with the official Chella Toys podcast. We're going to get back. This is entirely my fault. We're going to get back to a regular. Uh, we're going to get back to a re- regular schedule. There's so much news to go over. Um, series two of the official wrestling megastars line. It's this is the greatest July fourth since Lex Luger body slammed Yokozuna on the deck of the USS Intrepid. In my opinion, <laughs> um, I never thought that that day would be beaten. But uh, this July fourth, how about this? The set of Haku Tangaloa and the BWO will be available for pre-order, and I am so so excited. I cannot wait for the Haku. For me. And we've talked about this. This, I mean, I'm, the, all the figures look amazing, but this Haku, out of all the Hakus that have ever been released, this is the definitive Haku figure for me. Hundred percent. This is like the one that even like every every wrestling figure fan has been waiting for this. Whether whether you're the ultimate Haku fan or not, this will get you. And like even when you see it, when like look at the Cella's Instagram page, they've done it perfectly it's even it's a redo they've they've done one that i thought was amazing but haku himself said no 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 no. we want to switch this up a bit so they've tweaked it to haku's needs and it is like it's it's amazing it's perfect it's no no corners cut for sure it's got the crown removable crown that fits his head mm-hmm. it says right in there it will fit his head who wrote From that? the amazing write-up whoever wrote that up was a genius <laughs> I, yeah lanny poffo no um I don't think he wrote it. He would have made it rhyme. That's what the next one has to be. It has to be an entire rhyme. It could be written as a limerick for whoever is <laughs> whoever is next announced. Um, anyway, sorry, carry on. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're like the, the Haku is perfect, and the, I'm super excited about the BWO because I've if I've not wrestled with if I've not wrestled with them all, I've definitely done tons of shows with them, and they've always been some of the coolest guys in the locker room uh the bwo and they are just like oh they did such a good job i'm just staring at the instagram now and they just did such a good job nova's is amazing and you can see um nova himself on his facebook just gushing about it he is just as excited to get it as most of the bwo fans but i mean they've absolutely knocked it out of the park with the bwo so i'm like i'm gonna be clicking away on july 4th to get all of them and they're all they all are available for pre-order on july 4th at the same time are they not they are, yeah. It's very exciting. This is big from Cella. I mean, get your wallets at the ready. I mean, the uh, there are interviews with the entire BWO separately uh, in the archives. Uh, do check them out because we do do talk about all of their figures um, from the past, all the other mini figures. Uh, and one thing I love about this these BWO figures, or and it's hard to do with this kind of figure sometimes uh, because you're focused on being able to create a move. Uh, with their relatively limited action. Uh, but what I love about these is not only can they do moves, they are posed 
in the actual pose, which is a rare That's thing it. to be able to capture. Um, yeah, they, they look great. And for the kids, because I'll, I'll be honest, I refuse to admit that it's not the year 1997 anymore and I haven't moved on. Uh, but uh, Tangalor, um, who, is, you know, again, it looks amazing. I've got nothing to base that on. <laughs> You're, you're down with the kids. You know the new wrestlers. I'm down with the kids. I'm stuck in 1997 <laughs> myself as well. But, I mean, the figure looks epic, amazing. Like, that's the thing. Cella does not cut corners on this at all. Like, they're not reusing a mold or a body that doesn't fit the character. If the character needs a new mold, you know what? They make a new mold. And it is, like, it's awesome. Colors pop. Uh, the expression's awesome. And... He looks amazing. Yeah. Whether or not he's accurate, I'm sure he's very accurate, but he looks absolutely amazing. They even have like his, it looks like the way his boots are that the laces stop at a certain point, which must be relevant to the actual character. But yeah, it, it looks sick. I have seen some reference photos in all, all honesty and yeah, yeah it, it looks extremely like the real human in retro form. Tippy knows what he's doing. I think we've got yeah, full faith exactly. in Tippy, basically. But exactly. there's something, for, something for everyone. Some something from the golden era. Something from, you know, the mid to late nineties kind of attitude era. You know, ECW sort of thing, and uh, something from the current day. So that is what I was going to touch on because, like, I myself, Joey Knight has his own figure of Chella toys, and that is. Just the beauty of Chella, like you said, they'll bring you the insane big names. They'll bring you some names you haven't heard of, some names that are more obscure, and some like just different eras. Like it, it's not set in one era. It's you can create your own wrestling federation for yeah, throughout decades of of characters, and it's amazing. Yeah, yeah, and and, and Tonga Loa is one of those ones that's. Not the one the one you'd expect, but it's one that you need. And one thing I love because we've seen the Haku uh, on card, and they've chosen the right color for that era because he would have been a series one or two, I think. Right, hundred um, percent. And you've got to go with the blue, and it just it looks like it it, it could fit in with those figures, basically. Um, you know, but you're going to want to probably buy two and open one and put the crown on his head because it's uh, got to be done, hasn't it? It's got to be done. I'm a, I'm a two buyer. I get one, one mint on card, one to pop open. I can't keep it on the card. I can't. I tried. I tried <laughs> to have another wall. I rip it open. I've got my cello set up. I think I've got everyone except maybe one. I think, uh, Is it I one think of yours? the red. No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm almost, almost. I think it's the red uh, Hayabusa I don't have. That's about it. But I've got like all of them. Yeah. See, so if, far. If people from Chella don't have them, then people need to calm down. Yeah, they need to calm down. Even I can't get some. Yeah. There you go. See, and shout out to, I, I just joined that Legion of Hasbro page on uh, Facebook, and it's a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it, it is a lot of fun. Yeah. They've been very accommodating of me, and you uh, you vouched for me because the first post I made, uh, I was I was not in the best state of mind. Um, I think we can tell people. I was on a cubicle toilet floor, and I was just drunk. And I, was argue- I was arguing with someone over nothing. I don't know. I think I was sticking up for you, though. Not that you need stuck up. You're sticking for, up for me, so you know I, I appreciate that. There you go. Somebody, somebody was a bit saucy about not being able to get one of my variants because they sold out it's too hard. quickly. And it, hey, I don't, I don't even have a variant of the variants. I let because there's a hundred of each and i said no you know what but let let the masses have them i'm not going to be that guy so i don't even have it that guy that's fighting with you joey knight himself doesn't even have that variant so just chill i'm in the same boat as you bud i stand by that i think it's good that it's not the same hundred people owning every single figure um you know because it does allow and we talked about this it allows for trades uh, value will go up on figures and stuff like that i know that's not necessarily the aim of releasing limited editions because I'm sure there would be 10,000 Joy Knight figures if possible, but it's just, you know, um, it right, makes yeah. more sense to release a smaller amount, but in different outfits. And uh, they're all very distinguishable from each other as well. It's not like you just, you know, a tiny little uh, repaint <laughs> yes. or a tiny little detail or something like that. That would make that would make everyone quite rightly annoyed, I think. If the, oh, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, know, yeah. 
<laughs> this one has wrist tape. This one yes. Doesn't. See, where'd you buy that? Where'd, ooh, where'd you stand on that as my phone explodes? Um, I collect figures of certain wrestlers, and when a running change happens, that's because it's usually to correct a mistake. I don't count that as a variant, but do you? Would you count that as a separate figure? No, I wouldn't. And I've got like I've got all the the bone crunchers from Jacks back in the day, and I've got like a gold dust with Undertaker's arms. And the first batch was all goofy, but I didn't go back and get other ones because it's just like you said, it's the same figure. It's an error. It's not a variant. Yeah. If it's a complete different paint job, things like that, then it's a variant to me. Yeah, like you said, if it's a, if it's a goof up, nah. Sometimes it's neat if you catch a goof up in the wild and you get it over the other one, I'll do that. But I wouldn't count it as I need to get both of them now. There, there are some as well, though, that, you know, I love Christian. And there are so many running changes because sometimes they thought they could get away without adding elbow pads or wristbands mm-hmm. or something like that. So, you know, I don't think it was even a conscious thing. But, you, you, you know, sometimes bigger companies and Cheller have done it as well. They've, they've went with changes based on feedback. And, you know, but that, I mean, they get to do it before the figure even gets released, which is great. And, you know, the cello obviously do listen. Uh, but other companies have done it as well, where like the hair shade has been wrong or something like that. And, uh, you know, it is good that these companies do listen. I wish they would do it more, there's, to be honest. There's, yeah, there's some there's some crazy errors that I do want. Like there's a Ric Flair with jet black hair. And I want it <laughs> because one. it's just- so wrong man it's like i need that because how did they do that how did rick flair's never that i've ever seen have jet black hair so i want that one desperately you know, you know the other it. one at least they corrected that though you know the other one the rock and roll express with the wrong hair color yeah oh yeah oh, god can't it, believe that that got as far as to production yeah that's insane it, Back, back in the day, the story is when uh, the Rock and Roll Express came in to do those Smoky Mountain matches in WWF in uh, yeah. 93. Um, Vince McMahon <laughs> asked Jim Cornette which one's Ricky and which one's Robert. Like, he didn't know. So maybe that's carried on into the action figure world. <laughs> when... <laughs> it's a tribute. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, well, there it is. The big news, which I'm incredibly excited about. Mo, 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 Mo. How do you oh. like it? How do you, like it? <laughs> you have no idea how excited I am. <laughs> Being like I said, I'm stuck in that new generation era. I could watch that. I watch that usually over the new stuff constantly. I will re-watch the same match that I've watched a hundred times because that is just my era. That brings me back to my childhood. That brings me back to the point where I said, yep, I'm doing this. This is what I'm going to do for a living. I'm going to be a wrestler. Um, so I am like over the moon. And I was all about the old figures before. And I know that we got, Screwed out of a mold. So Cella has made all right with the world again. Who could have believed it? The this maker. day and age. And, and remember that original uh, one, he was going to be a jumpy mo. And to be honest, mm-hmm. though, if that had to come out back in the day, I don't think people would have necessarily complained. Um, right. But it's, it's actually the fact that we got so close to getting it and then it just didn't happen. So what a world we live in where, you know, figures from that series... Uh, can be made and uh, you know Cello have very much stepped up with uh, Mo who is going to be on orange card and uh, they've not just replicated what it was going to look like originally oh no 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 um, they have very much improved upon it uh, making a whole new stance a more suitable body uh, a head that resembles him more um, and, and, and that's before we get to the the ring attire, which is absolutely perfect. And as pointed out on the tremendous write up on uh, on Instagram and Twitter and uh, elsewhere on Facebook, this particular singlet was worn in some of his biggest uh, moments. He wore it at Survivor Series '93, so we've got another Survivor Series '93 figure. You're gonna have to maybe swap it with a doink head or something, or maybe paint the head or something. But uh, he wore it at Royal Rumble 94. Uh, but he also wore it when he won the tag titles in the UK from the Quebecers. Um, and then he actually wore it uh, when they turned on Oscar in, what, February, March 95? Um, so this is probably his best known singlet, I would say. I mean, there were different boot combinations and knee pads. That's why the, the amazing write-up uh, said you know, singlet, not attire, because he's worn variations of the purple and gold. Um, but I think when you think Mo, you think this, and uh, I'm I'm so excited. It just looks 
I loved the bigger figures uh, from the original company that did these kind of things. I loved Yoko. I loved Bam Bam. Um, Moe's going to fit in. They were just so fun to hold to me. Um, mm-hmm. And again, I love the uh, the big arms, the, you know, the you can pose them and you can whoop there it is and wave your hands in the air like you just don't care. And, uh, <laughs> you know, and like, and like we say, it's going to be on orange card and uh, we're going to talk men on a mission a little bit, but yeah. What, what do you think about this figure? I was so over the moon about it. I am so excited. I, I even sent this, when I saw this, I sent it to my tag team partner slash brother, the sexy monkey. And I was like, Oh my God. It's like Joey Knight's figure is going to be next to Mo. And he was like, just <laughs> over the moon to see that. It's that, it's like I said, this is a, this is a chunk of my childhood, the, the men on a mission. I think it's wicked that, like you said, they have a connection because Cella is a UK company to have it actually represent when he won the tag titles in the UK. It's just got a neat bit to it. Not to mention that the, the tie, the singlet itself looks amazing. Um, the figure itself. I'm, I'm so glad Tippy actually went above and beyond and just redid it in such a way that it's just it's it's just so much better honestly even like the the colors and everything because i'm like i said i'm super wrestling figure fanboy so i've known these pictures that exist and there's people that sell replicas of what they were supposed to be but i get it the jumper body because it had a belly to it and anyone with the belly repo man everyone had that jumper body if i had a figure back in the day i'd have that jumper body (laughs) but um, (laughs) but i just i just I love that they didn't just go the same route as just copying what we could see in those pictures. They actually, they outdid themselves. They did such a good job. And I am, yeah, so excited to be having some matches. Joey Knight versus Mo. Absolutely. And, and it could have been so easy to use just the same shade of purple on the attire and on mm-hmm. the boots, mm-hmm. but uh, they are different shades. Um, you know, the, the black parts of the Mohawk are there. The little purple V bit on the back of his uh, singlet uh obviously the peace sign um yeah i can't say enough good things about this figure uh so yeah uh, men on a mission now they came in in 93 they came up from memphis and uh they were called i want to call i want to say they were called the harlem knights i think and they were like this big heel team in black and then um (laughs) and the oscar interview by the way is in the archives uh oscar went to the store during our chat which i thought was hilarious um he didn't care. We we can't put that video online. I don't think. But he was he, was sort of, uh, he did a rap for the show. I don't know if you've heard the oh, rap. That cool. he did. I'll tag um, you on that. Need that? Yeah. <laughs> um. So yeah, Oscar didn't care. So it, it was fun. But yeah, he was just like, yeah, I'm going to the store, man. And I'm just like, oh, okay, fine. Um. So he was at Vegas because he professionally rapped for people, and uh, he was at WrestleMania nine, and. He started rapping in front of like Randy Savage and people like that. You know, I don't know why. I mean, he, I guess looking for work, maybe, you know, and Randy mm-hmm. Savage uh, showed him to Vince and uh, Vince being the, the squarest white man in the world thought that that was the greatest rapping in the world and hired him immediately. And if you look at WrestleMania 9, do you know when Hogan and Brett are outside the ring and Brett's like, go for it, Hogan, you know, <laughs> like really mm-hmm. sarcastically. Yeah. yeah. Right, right behind them is Oscar. Uh, holding his popcorn, and he's just like, "Yeah, man, go for it." <laughs> I've got to rewatch that now. I look for Oscar. How did I not know that? It's so good. So, um, men on a mission make their debut not long after that, and it it, it is it is it's not exactly the most. It's not NWA in terms of the rappers. You know, it's it's not. Too yeah, bad. That's, yeah. <laughs> Just recently listening to the WrestleMania rap and it's, you know, we got stars galore, we got stars galore, gonna see party like never before, something, the equivalent of what I could do rapping, I think, yeah, you know, <laughs> I think I can match their skills. Well, that's the thing though i'm oscar can make up stuff on on the fly and he's he's very good actually and if he'd have turned heel with mabel and mo i think you could have had like a team that like roasted people on the way to the ring kind of like how right. um you know like how cena did it and uh, how it's mm-hmm. done in aw now with um oh, what's the team um 
Oh God, that's terrible, isn't it? Well, we'll knock at that. <laughs> Again, we're not down with the kids. We don't know. Um, we're about men on a mission. So um... <laughs> it's about men on a mission. The word about AEW. I'm all about Mo. So you know, and the thing is, in '93, WWF. I mean, PN News had happened, and I don't think it, it was what it was. But I think men on a mission they were able to capture it a lot more. I get the feeling that they had a bit more input in how it would be presented. Um, mm. And one thing, I mean, you've got to say about WWF as well, if someone has a talent, they will exploit that talent. And Oscar's talent was to, you know, it was to it was to rap, but it was also to get people, you know, waving their hands in the air like they just don't care. Mm-hmm. And they did that very much. And I don't know when the last time you saw, like, Men on a Mission's debut, but the first couple of weeks, Mo and Oscar are going for it, but Mabel's just the silent one, and he's the dangerous one. And that kind of changed by the time he started dressing up like Doink the Clown and stuff like that. But uh, those original outfits, which I'm kind of glad Tippy didn't go with, and I think Oscar would be glad as well. Remember the patchwork, color, colorful attire mm-hmm, that they wore mm-hmm. with the orange yep. and the purple and the green and all sorts of stuff. Um, the, yeah, they didn't go with that, and they eventually they changed that pretty quickly, I think. But. Yep. Uh, yeah, they, they, they weren't at SummerSlam. They were around before SummerSlam, which I don't think people know, but they were they were at Survivor Series and a part of the uh, the clown uh, team. <laughs> so what <laughs> what do you remember specific, like about that? I, I've got. I'll be honest. I tried to wipe that one out of my head, but ninety um, <laughs> three's my year as well. But like you know, Survivor Series ninety three's up and down. Let's just say. <laughs> I just remember being wowed in my youth looking at Mabel in that huge flowing like gold outfit thinking like the tights lady must have had such such a job on her hands to get that much spandex and shimmering gold to cover his body but I must have seen them a hundred times on live shows because I used to just go to every live event in Toronto or the Buffalo New York area or something so I've seen them I must have seen them in action a hundred times, but like you said when they get into the ring, you just, regardless, you just start putting your hands in the air. Like I said, Wayne Morelli just don't care. They had the crowd, they had the audience, you know, match wise. Don't remember too, too much blowing me away, but I mean, they, I was boogieing around. Exactly. I was going to say, it doesn't matter. I was there, I was there boogieing with it. <laughs> and uh, when Mabel did something, anything flew in the air, you're like, Oh man, they, he just killed that person. He landed on. Cause he would, you know, he would drop legs on people, stuff like that. He would like crush them, yeah. But and, and the I, thing is, I've, sorry, go for it. No, no, go. No, no, no. You're good. Well, Vince definitely had plans for them because uh, they were pushed pretty hard. Uh, you know, they they won the Survivor Series team. It was a clean sweep, um, and I think the disappointment really was that Matt Bourne wasn't there. Uh, when he should have yeah. been, but he was already gone from the company at that point. So it was uh, it was Ray Apollo uh, by that that by that point. But he, he wasn't even in the ring for that. But um, I remember Mo on the scooter uh, just scooting around. When he said it, that is what stuck in my head. Mo on the scooter, that is exactly it. <laughs> now this is it. Like I said, next time, every time I go to rest that era, I watch. Even when I try, I was like, oh, watch something you know that happened last week. Like that. Nah. I'm going back to this. Now this is what I'm going to watch, the the, the four drawings. <laughs> it's so funny, though, because it couldn't be more of a WWE, because it's in Boston, so you just have the Smoky Mountain Tag Team title match, which was probably match of the night, but no one cared when Ricky got the hot tag. It's the first time ever that Ricky Morton doesn't get any sympathy from the audience. But as soon as the <laughs> rapping clowns came out, everyone was up on their feet and loved all of it. <laughs> exactly. Oh, so um, Mo ended up... Uh, in the Royal Rumble, and he, he gives a good accounting for himself. That was the first time I ever saw Men on a Mission, um, because I didn't have Sky at the time, and I, I got to see some of the pay-per-views, but uh, yeah, Mo gave a good accounting for himself, and he wears this outfit at the Royal Rumble. Um, and uh, they basically, they lead up to WrestleMania 10 at that, but, but I, I, there was a lot of squash matches with Men on a Mission that I was watching at that time, and this is where they get to do their biggest moves, like they did the do-si-do where Mabel would squash him and then Mo would squash him as well, and um, and then the finishing move where Mo would stand on the second rope and kind of jump and push Mabel down onto the opponent, and uh, 
Moore would do this really cool somersault flip, like he was bowling over skittles, um, which for someone that size, I think people forget how athletic someone like Moore was. He really was the speed of the team, but Mabel could also whip out that spinning heel kick when he wanted to. Oh yeah, yeah. That's that's exactly. That's we just see all this. Yeah, gold spandex flying, and you think, oh, that guy's dead. He killed him because just he's just an enormous mm-hmm. human being. Like you said, Mo must have been pretty huge himself too. It's just he's always next to Mabel, so he'd be dwarfed in comparison. But yeah, it's it's a hard it's, thing to. I mean, they were over, but it's hard to get sympathy on them when they're that big because they were right. easily the biggest team at the time, but. Because they had the chant, a chant, if it was your catchphrase, got you a long way back in the day. So the won't there it is chant, really. Uh, is. <laughs> absolutely. And the thing is, though, they were such a good part of the early new generation when they started introducing the lighting rig and uh, the more immersive kind of entrances as well, because they, they really pushed those at the, the house shows at the time that it was like you could come to the ring with the wrestler or you could introduce the wrestler, as you see on like the old Superstars entrance uh, shows. Um, and Men on a Mission's entrance was probably the most inclusive entrance at that point. And uh, it, like you say, really got people um, up and uh, dancing along. With, and it's, it's about the kids. It couldn't be more about the kids at that point. Um, so yeah, great stuff. And the lead up to WrestleMania 10, uh, with the men on a mission rap, which, well, uh, bear in mind as well, did you ever see the men on a mission rap with Randy Savage about Lex Luger? Oh, I'm, I'm 100% dead. What it is, I can't remember, 100%. It's not as memorable as the Mania one, is it? <laughs> no, no. Mania one is burnt into my soul. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, but 100%. <laughs> Well, Randy Savage makes his rapping debut with Men on a Mission. So that would be like one of those um, trivial pursuit answers because uh, everyone would think it would be the CD that he released. But uh, yeah, no, was... exactly. And I had that. Oh, I had that. I just saw it because I was just in Canada at my mom's house. And I saw all my CDs racked up and I had the, the Superstars one with Macho Man's oh, song. Speaking from and, the heart. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Speaking from the heart from Macho Man, yeah, he's not rapping in that one though, is he? It's more like Shatner, it's more like uh, just, word, isn't it? Yeah, 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 it's just him talking. And there's a Bret Hart talk song too about never been the right time to say goodbye. Yep, yep. Did you did you know, um, that oh god, I could do a whole thing on WrestleMania the album. Um, that song was originally written for William Shatner, and uh, no, no, it wasn't, it was originally written for David Hasselhoff, and uh, David Hasselhoff no. didn't want the song, so they gave it to Are you never been the right time to say, are you kidding me? Because I didn't, I didn't even put it on my Facebook. I was at my mom's house in Canada last week, and I was looking through my CDs. And I was going to put it up, saying, "You can't tell me I don't have musical taste." The CDs that were there were WrestleMania the album, WrestleMania, you know, the volumes one, two, three, four, and two David Hasselhoff albums. That is my musical taste. So for you to tell me this, you have just blown my mind. So now, it's never been the right time to say goodbye is just even more impressive to me. We're going to do oh, a whole man. thing on WrestleMania the album at some point. The the amount I know about that album is is ridiculous so the, you, you've got the american version though which doesn't have the bonus track which is crush um called crush no i don't have the crush oh no oh no but, uh wait yeah no there's a no it's because it sounds like hacksaw jim doug macho man's he gets the party jumping he gets da, 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 he's the macho man and then the background goes oh, oh it's like that sounds like hacksaw jim doug and why yeah and everybody's <laughs> saying he's really quite amazing yeah yeah see and then that Brad Hart song, we used to sing that all the time because that was our, when we were training in Calgary, our buddy, Matt Kanagi, who was training with us, was just like in the same thing into that era with us. And we would <laughs> sing that, yeah. It's, it's such <laughs> it's a catchy song, though. That's the thing. It's been the right time to say goodbye. And it's just Bret Hart talking over this song, yeah. But when you, when you so listen to the, like how he, uh, how he phrases it, you can hear the melody behind it, so you could imagine singing that song. But Brett was never gonna. <laughs> Brett was never gonna sing that song. But um, but yes, we'll do a whole ton on WrestleMania the album, I'm sure. But uh, men, men on a mission. So let's get back That's to men on a mission. Yes, yes. They're not part of WrestleMania. Did you know the WrestleMania album is produced by Simon Cowell of all people? That's crazy. Yeah, that was See, one of his first, um, one of his first yeah. jobs, and written by uh, Stock Aitken and Waterman, who wrote songs for Kylie Minogue, Jason Donovan, Banana Rama. Uh-huh. Like all those, um, yeah. Um, they haven't written on a mission, so back, back to Mo. <laughs> 
The Man on a Mission um, uh, theme music, the original theme music, is on one of the fan club cassettes. Um, we've got the cassettes of the entrance music. Yeah, uh, I don't think it has any rapping on it. So, but without the rapping, it's just one it's, drum. It's a drum oh, beat. Like, yeah. That would have been awesome for like you know if you had a Mo figure back in the day. But we were robbed of that. Definitely. So now I'm gonna have to find a cassette player. I'm gonna have to find a cassette. Have him do his little. <laughs> So, um, men on the, yeah, yeah. the Mission were uh, in the 94 sticker album in Europe. That was like a big thing for me because one of the original photo shoots that they did, they definitely weren't in Harlem when they took these photos, but they, they had some graffiti in the background, some trash cans, because that represents Harlem, I think. <laughs> <laughs> then you had Oscar with like a boom box and Men on a Mission like, uh, like that, you know, with the hands in the air and... Uh, yeah, good stuff. So they win the titles in the UK, but that's one of those things that you, I never heard about until many years later. There are some yeah. photographs out there. Hey. Yeah. yeah, I'm looking at a photograph of it now, actually. I'm looking it up on the internet now, and I see a picture of Mo holding the, holding the title in the same gear he's got in his cello action figure. There's a backstage picture, I think it's at the Albert Hall, of them holding the belt, and apparently Bret Hart took that photograph um, of them backstage holding the belts. I think they just, there was never like an official photograph of them holding the belts, which I think is a shame. Um, really? Yeah. Bret Hart's a, a singer and a photographer and, and a wrestler. And a wrestler. Well, you can do it all. Uh, excellent. How long, how long was that title reign then? Oh, two, three days. Right. That's why back before the internet, we would never know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And they mentioned it on TV because the thing is, they won by count out at WrestleMania against the Quebecers. And uh, but they just decided to keep a hold of the belts, which confused me at the time because if you remember, the Quebecers beat the Steiner brothers via province of Quebec rules where you could win yep. the titles by disqualification. So I assumed that men on a mission won the titles, but they didn't. Um, and uh, by King of the Ring 94, Mo was injured, um, for a very long time, um, until really late 94, early 95. And there's this one great because I'm watching all the superstars from this time for like the first time in a lot of cases. And Mo mm. comes back with this outfit that I've never seen before where it's half half gold, half purple. And on the purple side, he's got gold musical notes written around his leg. And he's got Mo written down this side. I've never seen that attire before, but I thought it was quite cool. Um, I think I do remember that when we were saying it, but like you said, I had the luxury of living in North America, at least where you got your superstars and, all that, like we got that all the time where you had to like wait up to like 1 a.m. or 2 a.m. or 3 a.m. for pay-per-views and stuff like that or get the specific channel, yeah. We were like that in Canada for WCW. We had to stay up to 5 a.m. to watch WCW, but WWE was like on TV all the time, so we were lucky on that one. You didn't have to pay for the pay-per-view. Oh, no, you did have to pay for the pay-per-views. We didn't, which was the only saving grace. Oh, really? No, we had to pay for it, yeah. So we'd either go, there's usually bars that would have like wrestling, so just be full of kids as bar that should be serving booze but just a bunch of kids in there because they'd have the pay-per-views go on or yeah when we got a little older we would just pay for it and have big parties at our house where people would watch the pay-per-view smart. wild times smart. yeah smart did you ever um want uh, get to be on one of the night row parties no did you ever apply no, for I, no i wish gene oakland and the night row girls showing up at your house showing up exactly Sounds like a good time. so jealous of those people yeah <laughs> so mo's mo's out for a long time and um unfortunately he, um, he has one of the royal rumble records do you remember 95 rumble where he runs in and king kong but he, he yes. runs across the ring and Bundy just backdrops him out and then that was the end of mo uh <laughs> You earned his money that night, I think. Um, I was going to say, that's the way to do it, though. Yeah, if you're, you know, be memorable one way or the other. If you're not going to last to the end, be out as soon as possible so people still talk about it years later. That is true. I mean, when you can be in the same Royal Rumble as the Bushwhackers and not last as long as either one of the Bushwhackers, <laughs> that's quite impressive. Um, so it's, it's kind of weird because by 95, Men on a Mission as faces were kind of off the radar, it felt. Um and then before WrestleMania, that's when they turned heel on Oscar because they lost a tag title match to the Smoking Guns. Uh, they turn on the guns and uh, actually they turn on the guns and Oscar's like, no, don't do it. And then the next week, Oscar comes out to apologize on behalf of Men on a Mission. Men on a Mission came out, then they do the unthinkable and attack Oscar and solidify their heel turn. And they're not at WrestleMania, which I find 
insane considering they mm-hmm. just turned heel. Um, but obviously there's longer term plans for them. Uh, it, you know, Owen and Yoko win the tag titles and one of my favorite tag title wins of all time, because no one oh, yeah. thinks that it's going to happen. I love it. Yoko does the bond I drop, and then Owen demands the tag. He's about to go for the sharpshooter and he's like, nah, fuck it. I'll just spin him instead. And then he acts as if he's like won the world title jumping up and down. It's, oh, it's amazing. So, um, Mabel's at the first in your house in qualifies for the King of the Ring, beats Adam Bomb, and Moe's kind of manager mode at this point. It makes me wonder how much Moe's leg injury had really affected him, and that's something we can definitely talk about when um, we uh, get Moe on the podcast. Um, breaking news, by the way. Um, you know, he didn't wrestle as much in 95, uh, but he did when Mabel won the King of the Ring, which is one of the more infamous nights in uh, wrestling history, Mo gives that speech, which is the most heat-getting, slow speech I think I've ever seen. But he is reveling in it. You can tell. And he's maybe doing it to just pull a rib on Mabel, who's getting coke thrown at him. He's just, you know, bottles and everything. <laughs> <laughs> just drag it out and see how much stuff can actually fill the ring. Uh, so when Men on a Mission turned heel, I mean, did, did you... Were you still a fan, or were you kind of like more traditional? You stayed with the good guys, sort of thing. No, I would. That was like it. It matched when I was like, a, I think, a punky teenager, and I was starting like to like the heels for the first time ever. So I was actually like, oh yeah, I like this because I was into, I was into, I was always into like Yokozuna and Owen Hart as heels because Owen was just entertaining, like no matter what. As a heel, he was just he was like funny almost even when he wasn't supposed to be he just played his part so well so i was kind of in that transition where i started to like like Shawn michaels was a heel and you know when Shawn michaels was a heel i thought he was cool so they're kind of cool heels they kind of fit into that so for me personally to see them turn heel was actually a good thing for me because it got me even more involved and i actually really liked um the king mabel the whole thing i that actually got me i enjoyed king mabel yeah it was very. I joined um, him on that um, chair and seeing the poor guys. They were just like, <laughs> trying their best to carry him to the ring without dying. And you just see that they they are just ready to drop. Yeah. It's always fascinating though when you look at those guys holding the chairs. It's people like D'Lo Brown and Dwayne Gill, Coley, those kind of guys. Um, yeah. The uh, one thing we got to see really for the first time was. Mabel and Moe's ability to talk and they can talk. That's a thing that's mm-hmm. kind of forgotten about them. Um, anytime Oscar wasn't there during a, a, a Mabel TV match when they were faces, Mabel would come out and rap sometimes and ooh, that was that was rough going. <laughs> uh, we know why Oscar was there. Oscar was, was the rapper of the group, yeah. He was. So you know, this was Mo's uh, peak in WWF, becoming Somo, uh, which he still is known by today. And um, he was able to be part of main events and the big feuds uh, with Razor Ramon, Sovia Vega. They have that match at In Your House 2, which uh, is actually, a, it's a very good match, uh, you know, because they, they were kind of blowing off the feud at that point because that very night, that's when Mabel attacked Diesel when he was a lumberjack and they were building up to uh, the SummerSlam match. But Mo found himself in uh, in the main event scene, which is great. Um, but the, the, it didn't seem to me, I don't know about you, but in 95, when he became Samo, uh, I think there might have been a match against Diesel um at one point but i don't remember many sermo matches in 95 not matches at that point i still call him sermo to this day as well so sermo definitely is like i think something he's he's left with upon leaving wwe he's always going to be sermo to me um yeah i don't remember much ma- many matches out of him at all more of a managerial thing at that time because it was king mabel was the big yeah heel push and he had Sermo, but still, like you said, what what a sweet gig to get. You don't have to take all the bumps and all the punishment, but you had to be part of main event matches working with, yeah, the top names at the time. Absolutely. And, you know, the the Mo uh, character, you know, has stuck with him so long now. And, you know, fans 
when you know when he was when he was rather ill, he reached out to fans and they were they supported him during his illness, which is which is great. And uh, you've got to find uh, Bobby Horn on Instagram, Horn with an E, uh, because he really appreciates his fans and uh, he he's good for interaction as well. And uh, yeah, go support him um, and buy this figure. Show him that you love him because this is a figure that. Uh, you know, is it talk about a gap in people's collections, but some interesting stuff about Mo. Um, is did you know that he had a match in WCW whilst being under contract to the WWF in 1995? <laughs> <laughs> they showed up at the wrong arena one day, didn't realize that he's already had a match. Well, How he, did that happen? I yeah. do not know, and I want to ask him about this. He uh, he yeah, worked, he worked under his real name. This was a March, and uh, he. Uh, as a jobber teaming with someone called Barry Houston and they lost a bunkhouse book in Dick Slater on a Saturday night. That's just mind-blowing to me. We've got to ask him about that because that is just, I don't understand how you can even do that. The Forbidden Door was opened years ago. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Well, talking about, uh, you know, some crazy facts as well. He uh, wrestled on a, he had one WWF match in 1997. It was at a house show. In his hometown, but they were testing it. They were testing a lot of wrestlers back then and bringing back a lot of names. Like when they mm-hmm. uh, were going to try uh, Rick Martel and Don Callis as the supermodels, and uh, there's a dark match with One Man Gang in early '98. So I think you know they were still the they were trying names who were still established who could still go to a certain point, and you know mm-hmm. everyone was using everyone at that point, and. Uh, you know, um, it's a shame that it didn't work out for Mo, but Mo had a really good run in the USWA. He even feuded against Mabel at one point. And do you know that Mo was one of the original members of the Nation of Domination in the USWA before they reached the WWF? No, really. I did not know that. USWA was like, there's a specific channel you had to, you know, get on a specific time, a specific cable station. So I caught one or two of them and it was just so cool to see because it was from like a flea market in Tennessee or something like that. But you would see literally, you know, Bret Hart and Jerry Lawler and, you know, Brian Christopher and all these guys you recognize from WWE, but they were wrestling literally at a flea market. And that like just blew my mind and opened my mind to like the outside world of wrestling and, you know, almost like the indies and stuff like that stuff that I didn't really know existed until you saw that. So that's really cool to know that. And and getting to see some of these big names who were the biggest baby faces in WWF, they would be heels when they came down to Memphis, like Savage and Bret Hart and Tatanka and people like that. But um, get this for some of the original nation of domination members. They were led by PG 13. Nice. Oh yeah. And and Mo was in there as uh, Sir Mohammed. Uh, but uh, Fan- Fantasio was in there. In the what? Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, this is absolutely crazy. Um, Tracy Smothers was in there. Um, in the Nation of Domination. <laughs> and and Mo- Sir Mohammed had a real, you know, um, a black supremacist character. I mean, this wasn't subtle oh, in Memphis yeah, yeah. Uh, at this point. And then Jacqueline was in there. And then they made their WWF debut in at Survivor Series 96. Um, so they were repackaged with Farouk and, uh, right. and Crush wasn't even in the nation to really start with. Um, yeah. It was just Farouk and uh, Clarence Mason uh, as the as the manager. But Moe's last appearance in the WWF was at Royal Rumble 96 um, at ringside. And I always got the feeling that they got rid of Mabel. Um, I don't know if this is true or not, but because they were bringing in Vader, they probably didn't want too many people bigger than Vader because uh, right. Mabel was still king of the ring at that point, but it always reminded me of when uh, the big show came in and the oddities just disappeared all of a sudden. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. As you said, because then they don't want people that won't make the big guy look a little less big. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. So, uh, yeah, and Mo, I mean, continued to, he opened up his own promotion at one point and uh, he's kept his hand in, in wrestling all these years and uh, him and uh, Mabel, continue to team throughout the indies uh and there are there are pictures before before his passing of the three of them together which uh which i love very much that's cool yeah that's really cool um so it's great that they were able to do so and these are the kind of you know there are so many names gone now that i would kill to have at a uk convention god men on a mission in the uk oh yeah oh yeah 100 percent. yeah 
And knowing that Mo has his own promotion, I kind of want to wrestle for it too. I'm like, <laughs> I'll talk to him at the end of this. like, I wrestle for your promotion. <laughs> just, just some neat accomplishment, yeah. Oh, so yeah, and then like I say, Mo is very, uh, very friendly, and uh, he's he's been posting um, on Instagram recently asking fans questions about you know what men on a mission meant to you and stuff like that. So you know, I, I if he does listen to this, me and uh, Joey, huge men on a mission fans, like, um, and we are so honoured that we are even remotely connected with um, something that is getting released officially. Um, under you know the banner of men on a mission, and uh, yeah, and it's gonna like say gonna be orange card as well. So you know, because it would be interesting to know how Mo felt at the time about his one action figure, because there wasn't yeah. a lot of men on a mission merchandise at that point, and you you would think no, it'd be like it. merch machines, but um, it wasn't wasn't the case. It wasn't the era though. That's it. Like yeah, even though it was like everything to me it was kind of like it was a hard it was hard times for wwe but for me i wouldn't recognize it as you know a kid you just thought it was the the be all and end all but yeah i guess it was actually on a downward slide so they weren't putting out as much merch but to have your one figure like taken from you too it's like it's gonna be released no no it's not never mind that's got a sting but hey time heals all wounds it does um so who are you gonna have mo in the ring with me right except away. Joey, right except away. Joey Knight, of course. Yeah, but I mean, okay. uh, I like the idea of uh, Joey Knight. You could get four doink heads and have four Joey Knight doinks. <laughs> That's exactly what I'm thinking. <laughs> like, pull out all the doink toys I have and just, yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> four doinks. It, it would look sweet with the atom bomb, actually. It would look pretty sweet face to face with the atom bomb that was just released from Cella. Yeah. I probably that one, yeah, yeah. A light a... outmatch with the glow in the dark atom bomb, maybe. Oh, that's, that's a, <laughs> that a cool idea. Well, the thing is, they're, they're coming up with so many names now, specifically from 1993, 94, which I mean, it's just wonderful. So, like Luna Vachon, um, you know, there's a bulldog coming out in his WCW 93 gear, mm-hmm. uh, obviously, Bull Nakano. Um, you know, the, there were. I'm sure there's more that I can't even think of because the amount of names now that have been uh, that have been oh, unveiled yeah. is uh, ridiculous. And like I said, they're ridiculous in a good way. Um, and and the one thing I like as well that you know, and I think this, I, I'm assuming this may be the case going forward that these figures are going to get released in series going forward. It so, looks like it, based on yeah, based on what we're seeing from the July Fourth announcement, like we may have them in in batches it's a good thing i think um, good thing. not for my wallet but for the world it's a very good thing yeah <laughs> especially as well though if like you you're waiting i was hated when like say a tag team came up from any series in the past and they would stagger them out you know yes. um when the classics did earthquake they did they did them in series six they didn't do typhoon until series 17 <laughs> yeah yeah. <laughs> um, but it, it, what I love as well is the amount of tag team names that are coming out from Cella. I mean, uh, the Killer Bees, Demolition, Powers of Pain. Uh, we've the Road Warriors are coming out. We've we've only seen Animal so far, but it's been confirmed right. that uh, the Road Warriors are coming out. Um, you know the BWO. Uh, so many tag team specialists as well. There's one that I really wish I could tell you about, but I'm not going to. Um, we know we know stuff. We know stuff. We're on the inside, you see. Um, exactly. No, no amount of bribery or tickling will make us give up any information. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, but obviously, well, Dynamite and Davy, you know, just it, it, these are like you know. One thing, if the original line is missing, is enough teams. I would say, you I, know, there, there are a few, but there weren't enough tag team series. There wasn't enough, like yeah. Yeah, nowhere near enough. Um, and you could have makeshift teams and stuff like that, but, uh, you know, Cella are really, uh, they're, they're going for it with, uh, you know, filling in teams. I mean, the, the free teams, the free face-painted teams, Demolition, Powers of Pain, Road Warriors, they are the free face-painted teams. They're doing all three of them. And they're doing yeah, them in. has got all of them. Yeah, they're doing them in iconic attires as well. I mean, some of some ninety-two road warriors is just 
wonderful. Um, you know, I, I, it goes about saying what we think of that event and how special it is. And, uh, you know, anything that comes from that event is great. And, uh, but um, yeah, the, the Mo, um, no release date uh, yet. But uh, as an announcement, it went down incredibly well. And uh, yeah, and I know that across the wrestling figure collecting world, uh, there's been a lot of positive reaction to this. This is a name that's going to, you know, Hayabusa will have its audience. Um, you know, Tangaloa will have his audience. Mo is just, he wasn't tippy top of the card, but it's the, a name that, that style of figure who who people collect will be losing their minds over that this is uh, coming out. I know you did lose your mind, and so did I as well. Hundred um, percent, yeah, yeah. Out of all the amazing announcements, that is the one that got me like so hyped up. And like I said, it it got me even more proud of having my own action figure, just knowing that I can have Mo next to him. As crazy as that is, but it's because he was like ingrained in that part of the history and he's that therefore is he great in that part of your childhood because he was like you said not a top top guy but he's one of those guys who was on all the shows he was on the promotions like i said i've seen countless house shows with men on the mission so that is ingrained in my my brain and my childhood so to see him yeah in figure form it just excites you more than you do you're gonna be excited about it i guess yeah there's so many purple figures coming out uh, we've got haku uh, we've got the uh, we've got the uncensored Sabu on which the Mythic cards are out there, which is uh, I believe still up for pre-order. Uh, so do uh, visit Chella uh, for that and uh, Wrestling Trader uh, to to get your hands on that Sabu figure. You can't say that you're not being given the chance uh, once it uh, once the uh, pre-order ends. And uh, yeah, some great stuff. So the uh, the Joey figures they're, they're all gone now. Are they in the archives? They're they're all gone. There's one. There's one. No, there's one more. Rock and Roll Collectibles is releasing their batch, and it's a a hardcore Joey. It's a bloody variant, and he's wearing black tights. And all like I said, all my tights have vastly different color schemes. So there's one that's orange. Uh, well, it's mostly black, orange, purple. It's representing my my OVW days in Kentucky. I wore that a lot in OVW, and it's it's the one figure that has some blood to it. So it's hardcore Joey. Uh huh. What would what would be your weapon of choice? I think we said box of donuts last time. Um, but oh yeah, it's a box of donuts or an inflatable oh inflatable mallet. Yeah, yeah. To represent the, yeah, the amount of times I got hit with inflatable mallets on those wrestling holiday camps. Tell you what, it, oh god, um, the yeah. tables. We're going to talk <laughs> holiday camp wrestling. I'm excited. Oh, so many subjects we can talk about that. I don't think any other show could really talk about in depth. I mean, uh, everything from OVW to getting your head shaved by Donald Trump to holiday camp wrestling. It's like, you know, it's, it's a colorful career uh, that, that you've had. And I'm looking forward to delving more into it as well. Um, yeah, we need that holiday camp, Joey. Um, oh, oh, yeah. Oh, we need that. Yeah, it has to be done. We've like a sort of backing card of like old nanas with umbrellas trying to hit you <laughs> and stuff like that. <laughs> what have you ever been attacked by a fan? Oh, yeah, all the time. Oh, okay, no, time. I mean, like really yeah, attacked. Yeah. Like, all right, okay, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's yeah, there's there's times where yeah, people legit. So, I got legitimately arrested before too. So oh, please tell us this story. I was wrestling for Ron Hutchison's AWF. Ron Hutchison trained Trish Stratus, Edge Christian, all, all the big names. Uh, he would, we would do 109 shows over the summer. So that's like three shows a day constantly. Yeah. And me and my tag partner tried to have the record for how many matches we could have in the year. We tried to outdo each other. He won. You would get a trophy at the end. He had like, he did, I don't know, next near, nearly 100 matches out of that. Um, but anyways, we were feuding at the time. And uh, it was me and Beth Phoenix as my manager against my brother, Sexy Monkey, Robin Nightwing. And one of the matches I won because I threw salt in his eyes. The people <laughs> in the crowd legitimately called the Toronto police saying that they just witnessed an assault. They went backstage and they, they, they're like, they're like we have to take you away because you've been yeah you've been just charged with an assault from somebody in the audience 
And I said, okay, well, that's fantastic. But can you please just do me a favor? Can you handcuff me and drag me kicking and screaming? And they're like, yep, we'll do that. So I had them drag me out of the, out of the dressing room, kicking and screaming, handcuffed. And I screaming, this is all your fault. I'm going to jail. This is all your fault. <laughs> so yeah. One of the men was so into it. So excited. They legitimately grabbed the phone and called the police and had the police come and take me away for an assault. So that was, that was amazing. Only arrest to my, uh, to my whole life so far too. The only time I've been arrested was throwing salt in my brother's eyes. We need jailbird, Joey. Um... <laughs> there you go. You can have some handcuffs. Yeah. Some salt in my hands. Yeah. With like bars across the packaging and stuff like that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> more variants. That's exactly what the world needs. More, va- more, more jelly variants. <laughs> so which is the record? Which sold out the fastest? So far, they sold out crazy fast. So they did sell out fast. Right. The reason we did a hundred of each is because we thought that's that's going to be enough. We're not going to ask. There's not going to. We just we didn't think there was a market for that. So the people who got involved, Legion of Hasbro and Rock and Roll Collectibles, even they they really wanted to get into, like I said, dip their toe in the wrestling figure business, and this is a way to do it. But they were really worried about how are we going to sell these hundred figures, but. Uh, Legion of Hasbro were first to go. They're sold out like in seconds and broke their Facebook. So they had it as a claim. They went live and you would just say, I would like this Joey, this amount of Joey's. I think people had two, two each or something like that. And within like 30 seconds, their Facebook crashed and they're all sold out and it was just insane. So we, we we're pretty pleased with that. And then the next ones to go were three points of articulation. And they're like, oh, lightning can't strike twice because it's just, it's not happening. But the same thing within maybe three minutes, there's all gone, a hundred of them broke their PayPal. So <laughs> it's, so rock, so rock and roll collectibles is next on the 14th. And they are wondering what part of their website is going to break. Cause each one has a different method of payment. So they're up next and yeah, we're going to see, how quick it is but yeah it's just been an, an, an amazing response so i'm super grateful for everybody who's hopping in on it um it's yeah it's it's part it's just because they love wrestling part because they hear me on these podcasts and i think i'm an all right guy and part because just they're they love cello toys they're obsessed with it cello's done so much in such a little time that they've got such a following such a fan base that they're they're just they're ready for anything cello to come their way yeah and i've seen comments of people who are just focusing on cello uh you know to add to their their you know retro collection you know and that's that's wonderful to wonderful to see so um so yeah i've got a i've got an interview coming up that i told you about um he's just messaged me Okay. Yep. <laughs> He's got not that you're not more over than him, um, and you, you've got a you've got a nicer beard than him. There's a there's a clue because we. Uh, <laughs> That's cool. I'm not going to tell anyone who, <laughs> but um, this is a this is a fun one. Um, so where can people find you? And uh, and and I want to say as well that you know thank you to everyone who listens because we need. I feel that we can be more interactive here, and uh, we can take questions on anything. Um, obviously, we're kind of bound by certain things with what we can tell you about upcoming releases etc but we will talk about anything you know we, the theme is cello toys and we want to talk about wrestlers that we are involved with cello uh, but as you've seen we shoot off in a million different directions so you know all the legion of hasbro um is such a fun group to be a part of and all of the uh the pages that and podcasts that have released and websites that have released the Joey variants, you know, they have their own audiences. And we want to thank you for tuning into this podcast. You know, get involved, send us messages, send us questions. And anytime there's a big interview, um, then I will we will let you know and you can sh- send in your questions as well and we'll read them out to the to the wrestler as well. So um, yeah, we want your involvement. So where can people find you, Joey? Love it. Yeah, yeah. I'll accept all the questions. Uh all nighters with a K. All nighters Insta is my Instagram. All nighters on Facebook, you'll find me. All nighters on Twitter. I'm on everything as all nighters with a K. You'll see because I've got my action figure all over everything. So you'll notice me right away. Yes, yes, you do. Um it's good branding. You know, everyone knows it's you. So um we need bold joy. Did you, you were you real bold? When you go, uh, yeah, yeah, Donald Trump shaved my head. The only time I've ever been bald is because Donald Trump legitimately shaved my head, and I've got a picture with him right afterwards. Wonderful. Um, but we need a bald Joey. I was 100% thinking that too. Oh, you're saying we need jail, but Joey is like back of my mind, is like we need a bald Joey. How can we pull off that? Yeah, bald Joey. Let's let's get the mold made for that one. Yeah, absolutely. Well, that's the thing, new mold needed for the head. Um, 
Yeah, so um, Charles knows what he needs to do for Ball Joey. All, all we're saying is that WrestleMania was like the biggest drawing event ever, and I think that you getting your head shaved was because of that. So, um, that, it's oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Um, so yes, you can find uh, myself on Instagram. I don't use Twitter very much, but I'm um, Turn Chuckle on Instagram. Uh, you can find pictures of my cats and various pictures of my collection and uh, various commentaries on things that no one really cares about because no one reads on Instagram. They just look at photographs of, you know, waste of your time, basically. But the, the photographs are pretty. Um, so <laughs> I want to thank you all again, and we will be back next week i'm gonna actually give myself a kick up backside and uh yeah we will be back next week with who knows what who knows what's coming from cello in the next week so um very exciting times and uh thank you again and talk soon see you later